What's up, y'all? Michael Lee back with his live podcast. I don't even know what episode I'm on anymore. I can't ever keep up with it because I'm the most inconsistent person in the world, but I appreciate each and every one of y'all that listen to this ramblingness of fact, fiction, and information that I'm able to put out on a somewhat weekly basis. Whew. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Anyway, it's morning time here, so good morning. Hope everybody's doing great. It's August the 8th. Uh, today would have been my grandfather's birthday. Uh, he passed away several, several years ago now. Um, John Hill Harris. That's who he, who he will always be remembered as Pop. And we had a great time hunting together, fishing together. I actually have two of his turkey beards and spurs uh, right here in my office that probably mean as much to me as anything I've got in here. A couple other things that he gave me other than giving me my middle name and a lot to be proud of. Taught me how to work hard. And my dad and my other grandfather did too, but but Pop always was one to check somebody, good or bad. One of his favorite things to do is when we would go eat breakfast after hunting at the Waffle House or Huddle House or whatever down here that we would go we'd go to a restaurant. The waitresses would come over and be, you know, Saturday morning, of course. They didn't want to work on a weekend, but they had to work. He would just look at them and say, well, are you happy? Smile at them. They, they kind of caught them off guard. So they'd always end up being happy by the time we left. That's the kind of person we all should be, you know. Life kicks us up and down sideways and crooked, but the little moments of impact that you can make on somebody and make them smile and make their day a little bit better. Lord knows we need a lot more of them nowadays in this world we live in. But hunting with Pop was fun. He, I mean, I can't even remember how old I was. I mean, he obviously was there since I was born, but um, we hunted and fished together so much and I worked for him when I was a teenager Kind of one of my first jobs was working for him. and Well, other than working for my dad and gra- other grandfather on the farm. But I, this was an actual job that I got paid for <laughs> uh, with Pop. He kind of took me in as a teenager. And I, I mean, I mowed grass and well, I, I hit sledgehammers on railroad cars when we unloaded uh, different stuff out of the side of them things at his warehouse that we worked at. And loaded trucks with other stuff. Um, there, there just needs to be a lot more of that in the world right now that we don't really see happening. We don't see people. I'm not saying they're not good folks like y'all listening to this out there that make your kids work, but, and I get it. You, everybody wants their life to be better, their kids' life to be better than theirs and so forth and so on and pass it on and pass it down, but don't forget to instill that work ethic. Teach them how to work first. Then they will understand how good they have it later on. My opinion anyway. Um, I never went without. I'm not saying we were rich monetarily growing up or whatever, but we never went without. And I think that's a lot to do with hunting in the outdoors and stuff too. I mean, my dad would hunt all season to fill the freezer with deer and that's what we ate, you know. 
deer meat. That that was a staple and still is in in my household today. But that's that's that heritage that's passed down that we get so much crap for nowadays because we you know shoot innocent animals, if you will. But I don't know. I I was going to talk about some you know technical thing today, but as I started this. I was thinking about Pop today on his birthday. Actually, my dad's birthday is tomorrow. So, happy birthday to Big Mike. Y'all, y'all tell him that if you listen to this and see him anywhere. Message him on Facebook or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Family in the outdoors. That's a huge important part of passing on what we do. My dad took me hunting when I was nine eight, ten, barely big enough to sit on the platform of a deer stand a foot off the ground. Uh, I remember one of my first times going deer hunting, Dad put a lock-on stand at the bottom of an oak tree or a cherry tree, whatever it was, a little bitty tree on the side of this field not far from the truck, and we could watch this big field, and Dad sat on the seat part, you know, what you normally sit on, and I sat on the floor part with my feet on the ground, and we saw some deer and just had us a big time hunting together. And um, kind of went from there. I learned early. <laughs> and I was fishing before that. I don't know. My dad said I caught my first bass when I was like two. I don't remember that. I mean, I kind of remember that, but I don't. But I know I've been fishing since I could walk and throw a, you know, Zepco 33 push button reel. So kind of backed off of fishing later in life and started hunting a lot more and we used to live at Lake Blackshear and um, that's what I grew up on just bass fishing and crappy fishing a little bit brim fishing a little bit catfish a little bit and then figured out the saltwater world and been doing that a good bit with my buddies and I'm just I'm just thankful that I'm able to do all that and was involved with it at a young age I still feel like I can catch bass pretty good at times, but it all stemmed from how I was brought up. And, and I hope those of y'all listening to this have been brought up that way or whoever introduced you to the outdoors, you know, appreciate them, thank them. But pass this on somehow, somewhere. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't have any, any children. <clears throat> um, but I've got some really close friends that have kids and, uh, we, you know, we go together and take them and take them hunting, take them fishing and, you know, they're going to be all right. They they get it. They they have a passion for it. And I do see now, especially in like high school age and college age guys, especially, and I'm not knocking girls out there. I just don't interact with a lot of girls that, that hunt and fish at that age just because I'm not around many. But, um, they, man, these young guys, they love it too. I mean, they, they really got a more of a passion now for the outdoors than, than when I was in high school. They were they didn't many people hunting fish. It just wasn't wasn't a cool thing to do. Everybody lived in town and did whatever and there wasn't many of us that lived out in the country and spent a lot of time on a pond or deer stand or a dove field. And I'm glad to see it coming back, to be honest with you. I mean, it, yeah, the barrier to entry to go hunting and stuff nowadays is a lot more expensive. There's no doubt about that. And finding a place to go and all that has gotten really kind of complicated. But I'm glad to see these young men out there 
going after it, getting in. I mean, I think the social aspect of it is why they love it. Like, they all go goof off and sit in a duck blind together. I mean, that, and that's what hunting's about. It's, yeah, it's about, you know, putting some meat in the freezer and all that and respecting the outdoors and, and, and loving wildlife and, you know, seeing God's creations. But at the end of the day, it's about having fun, too, because if it's not fun, nobody's going to do it. And these kids getting out there and being able to hang out with their buddies and I'm just pray that they all have a good teacher to show them the right way to do things and not be a little bit outlaw and, you know, be ethical about stuff and not wasteful, but that all comes in time. We're all young and dumb at times and make mistakes, but I'm glad to see it. And it all stems from, you know, somebody getting you down that path, somebody teaching you a little bit about it or getting your interest in it. And I mean, I, I never, I turkey hunted, I started turkey hunting before my dad did. But once he got, I, I kind of helped get him into it. Some of his, our other hunting buddies kind of introduced, my uncle David took me for the first time, but um, one of, some of dad's, you know, one of his buddies took him turkey hunting for the first time. And then me and dad started trying it together and it kind of went from there. And man, we've, we've stacked them up. But with all that being said, there's always somebody to, to break you in and teach you a little bit and then you can take it and run with it and teach somebody else and so forth and so on. Uh, I think that a lot of these people that are against what we do, if they understood it a little bit more and got to see it, and I'm not saying they really want to see the, you know, the death part of it, which we all know is part of the cycle for us to be able to have food. And I don't care if you're a vegan, guess what? You're still killing plants. Eat them, right? I mean, it's, death is death. So... Um, but I think if they understood the process better and if, and if they were tolerant enough to listen to us talk about it and, and see it, watch one of our shows and see the, I mean, the problem is when you see, got a 30 minute TV show that you just see the highlights of this thing. And that might be the, the kill shots and the recoveries and all that. And everybody's high fiving over that. Like, you know, I could see where people get, well, they're just glorifying the kill. Well, no, you don't understand the process to get to that point. It is. It's just like a, a sporting event. I guess the the loser uh, goes in the freezer uh, on one side, another one gets to go home and try it again. But with all that being said, you have to have strategy, you have to have planning, you have to have training, you have to have equipment, you have to have knowledge to be successful on a hunt. And that's why we get as excited as we do is because all of that comes together and gives you that rush just like you scored that winning touchdown or, you know, whatever. Just that, that high that you get. But also understand that, especially myself, after that's over, I'm thankful for what I'm able to take. You know, I'm thankful for that animal. That animal gave its life so that, you know, food will be passed down nourishment will be instilled and yes we do have trophies on the wall that we're proud of because they're we, we honestly respect these animals so much to put them on a mount and put them on a wall for everybody to see because they are that spectacular of what they have grown and what they are so yeah taxidermy may seem a bit morbid to some people but to others that appreciate it they understand how hard that is at times to execute and they want that we want to show these animals off. We want people to see them. People want to see them to say, "Look, wow, that is an impressive animal." We all that glory goes to the hunt, the animal, and God for creating all this. That's the least way I look at it.
And anybody, you may disagree with me, and that's okay. We, we live in a world that we can disagree with each other. I, I, we used to, could. I don't know now. So if you disagree with me and get mad at me, I apologize. <laughs> Maybe not, though. But with all that being said, pass on the tradition just like my dad, my grandfather's all passed on to me. Anybody, it doesn't matter. Take a neighbor's kid. Take your neighbor. Take your wife. Take your girlfriend. Take, take uh, you know, I don't know. I think we need to get everybody involved in this. Not necessarily for the kill part, if that's not what they want to do, but just to get out and enjoy it and see it and understand it. And therefore, we create a little bit more acceptance of what we do and not the anti side of this thing. And I, it's, it's amazing to me all the time. Like, we get tons of comments and crap on Facebook from people in other countries that are just like, how dare you kill an animal and just going off in other languages that I have to hit Google Translate on to see what they said. And I, I just don't get that. I mean, I, I would think that other countries would understand just like us, like, you know, you go walk through some of these countries and there's open air markets with dead pigs and chickens hanging and stuff like that, pieces of meat. And <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Like, domesticated animals are okay to kill, but wild animals are not. I think we got it backwards, you know? Yeah, cows are much easier to go knock in the head and eat because it ain't going to go, it ain't going to run off. It's going to be right there. Pigs, same way, get domesticated. I don't know. I'd rather hunt my food than go buy it at a grocery store. Not that I'm knocking grocery stores, because heck, I eat a steak just like everybody else. But man, this is, we've gotten so far away from what our core values of this country and this world and what God put us here for. I don't know. I just pray every day that we can make this cycle go back around for the good guys. And I, and I mean that. Figuratively speaking, of course, I'm not saying there's not good people all the way around, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me at times why. I, I know why it is. I mean, our world's just so full of so much hate and intolerance on both ways. I don't know. You know, if, you, if people are anti anything, they're just anti and they've got it carved in their head that they're right and you're wrong. That's it at the end. There's no fluctuating, no difference of opinion allowed, no tolerating anything. It's not how I was raised. Love thy neighbor. So we all go back to let he who was out sin cast the first stone. That's a pretty important guy said that, I think. And maybe I messed that quote up just a little bit, and I apologize for that, Jesus, but that's what Jesus said. If you haven't made mistakes, then you don't need to be pointing fingers at anybody. That's my thoughts, y'all. <laughs> I appreciate you listening to the Backwoods Life Podcast. I'm Michael Lee. This is brought to you by Lethal Products. One of the best sun eliminators on this planet, if not the best. You need to stock up on that, lethalproducts.com. Get in there, buy some stuff before deer season gets here. Give you a little bit of edge over that nose. I'm just saying because if deer can smell 100%, and you can make it down to 80%, you got a 20% advantage over that rascal. Especially in bow season when it's nice and warm, especially here in the south. Just saying. Check out lethalproducts.com.
Thank you all for listening this week. I appreciate each and every one of you. Next episode's coming soon. Y'all be safe out there. Pray for each other. Pray for our country. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank y'all. You've been listening to the Backwoods Life Podcast with Michael Lee. I appreciate each and every one of you. Check us out on all of your podcast platforms. Download as many episodes as your heart desires. Listen to them all. We appreciate the support.